Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world! George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. Nick. Uh, maybe one of the worst days to be a Yankee fan that I could that I can remember is 5:01 on Monday. Trade deadlines. What? Six o'clock tomorrow. Six o'clock tomorrow. Yeah. So we got 25 hours. <laughs> I have zero faith that anything good is going to happen in either direction. We, we aren't going to buy. We're not going to sell. We're going to sit there with our dicks in our hands watching Josh Donaldson's contract expire. Do you want to do that Glaber trade? The Marlins? What is, what's proposed? Oh, just in general? Yeah, well, it was two prospects and then these two starting pitchers. Uh, yeah, Edward Peraza and Braxton Garrett. Anything to get rid of Glaber. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest, I have no idea who they are, but they, I mean, the Marlins have a good system, so. Like, Glaber's going to be the same guy next year that he is now, and we know what that is, and we have him blocking the way of other guys who we have under control or under contract, whether everywhere from Peraza to DJ LeMahieu, who, like, he's clogging up space. There's value in trading him now have to trade him he has been the best hitter on the Yankees this season and he is one of the worst players in the league <laughs> says a lot about who we are his stock Glaber's stock will never be higher and that's why I don't think Cashman will trade him because Cashman always you know he buys high and sells low so I, I don't think I mean because now is the perfect time to trade him that's why Cashman won't do it it would I mean Glaber has done his part in terms of getting hot right before the deadline like he's done his job. Now Cashman needs to do his. Is it crazy that I when I saw Herman was scratched, I was like, is he faking so that he doesn't get traded? <laughs> I can't you can't rule anything out at this point. Did you see what the injury is? His armpit hurts. Right armpit discomfort. I mean, we're we're a walking comedy skit. Yeah. At this point. So I, I normally, I don't listen to really any sports content. I listen to podcasts. I listen to sports radio because I'm not in the New York market. And I normally don't care about like validation of my thoughts when it comes to sports, which I really think is why we listen to podcasts and stuff. Like anyone listening to this is really just listening so that they're like, all right, I'm not insane. This team fucking sucks. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like you just need someone else. It's just, it's just therapy. So I did check out um, – I don't even know who the fuck the guys are on WFAN in, anymore that like Aaron Boomer in the morning. It's not Keith at night. It was some other guy. Brandon Tierney maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 We got rid of Tyro Estrada who's got a 2.1 war and Glaber Torres is a 1.7. <laughs> Damn, that's depressing. Like – yeah, like it's just like we've made the wrong move every time, every single time. And, you know, I said going into the week, we've got the Mets for two, the Orioles for three. The Orioles are a first place team in our division. The Mets are a bad team. We need to go out there and we have to go four and one, I said. And we went out there and we went. Two and three. 
two of the losses, the first one and the last one, were embarrassing, like over early. Um, And like, yeah, when we went on Saturday, like that would be if we were a second or even a third place team, not a fifth place team, that would be exciting. There's nothing to be excited about for this team. We are 25th in batting average, I think, in the league. There is no athleticism coming out of this team. Jake Bowers is, you know, Jake Bowers is Paul O'Neill all of a sudden. Like, that, like there is no, and we've been saying it for so long, so long. We said it coming into the season. We said it last season. We said that they kind of addressed it when they traded for Rizzo and Gallo. But, like, obviously Gallo hasn't worked out, and Rizzo, it seems like, has fallen off a cliff. We are so right-handed. So right-handed. So right-handed. And, you know, I saw – I listened to um, John Boy today. First time I ever listened to that show. They're pretty good. I kind of understand why they get all the money they get. Um, but, like, when you see what could be a home run go off the wall in left field for in Camden Yards – and you're just like, they fucking moved that fence and literally played to their strength. And then you look at our lineup and go, well, we've got a fence that's short. And we are doing nothing to capitalize on that at all. Just with roster construction in general, like, it's crazy. And, you know, I forget what it was. Like, if you looked at our 2009, like, lineup, it was with, like, three or four everyday lefties and then three or four switch hitters. We had yeah, so that was my big takeaway. I listened to that yeah. too. And I'm like you, I normally don't, but yeah, they said for the O nine team, three lefties, four switch. And then the two righties are Jeter and a rod. So the two righties that we had, you yeah. know, were the two like all pro studs. And then the rest were lefties and switch. That's yeah. the formula. And you know, you think about, we had Bernie Williams, we had, you know, Jorge over the years who were, were switch hitters. You know, we turned like Tino Martinez was chasing home run records in pinstripes. Paul O'Neill almost hit 400 in pinstripes. It's just like, it's insane how bad it is and how far it's gotten with zero, like there's zero consequence to any of it that, you know, I think that's the most concerning thing for fans is like, I don't even trust Brian, Brian Cash is going to fuck up selling like he you know or exactly exactly yeah like he's not the guy that i want in charge right now um and it, it goes all the way up you know because it's hal's disinterested in doing what his job is as an owner like how far are we away from sell the team chance they're pretty close, but it's tough for me to get on how when he's authorizing a $295 million payroll to the GM for like for the people that are like, oh, how needs to spend more, spend more. Like, dude, we're, he's spending a lot. I know I know that the payroll isn't hasn't gone up with inflation and he's not spending as much as George did relative to the economy. But like he is giving Cashman a lot to work with and for Cashman to get $290 million and can't even put together a playoff team where six teams from each league are getting in. I mean, that is embarrassing. I mean, $290 million for a team that's, like, still going to make money regardless of that is great. Like, I'm not trying to diminish that, like, hey, he's gone there financially. But, like, there's two parts to it. One is you you say I'm going to do the money. The other part is who you're entrusting to then yes, of, well, execute of course. on that. Yeah. The same way Brian Cashman is very good at doing things like trading for Rizzo or Gallo. And saying like, hey, you know, we gave him some prospects. We're not taking, you know, we're staying under the luxury taxes. We're not taking on salary, da, da, da. The other, and that makes the fans happy in the moment. Then the other half is that you actually had gotten guys that can fucking play. Which we have not. Yeah, and they gave up a lot. I mean, they gave up a lot for Montasa and, and Gallo specifically. I don't think people really understand how much they gave up. But I want to just go back to, you know, you, you kind of had that point there about oh nine and you know the lefties and stuff for me it's like the and john boy talked about this but the cashman has this quote from 2020 it's this very arrogant quote where he's like well you don't need lefties if you have righties that go the other way and like it's not the same it, it, that's not how it works <clears throat> yeah we used to have some righties that could go the other way a little bit like luke voigt what have you 
But you want lefties that pull the ball in the air. I mean, that's the cleanest formula. We have none. We had one with Rizzo. He doesn't do it anymore. And like Cashman used to go out and get guys like Johnny Damon, who had the perfect swing for Yankee Stadium. Like he used to understand this and and go get guys. Matt Suey was another guy he signed that had the perfect swing for Yankee Stadium. Giambi doesn't do it anymore, man. Like at at all. It's and I've been crying about lack of athleticism and, and lack of lefties for four years on this on this podcast. And yeah, they still don't have any. Yeah, I um, yeah, there is a like I, I don't know where we go from here. Like normally you come and go. Oh, here's like you know ha- you have an idea of trades, but it's also like we've played ourselves out of being serious contenders. Who who's available that you trade for? You know, like who is out there? Because a lot of guys are already being traded. Because as I said last week, Cashman waits till the last minute. Like he's going to find some fucking steal. Well, he was going to fleece the Cardinals to get Jordan Montgomery back, but he's a Ranger now. <laughs> and all the all the teams that are making trades are the teams that we're chasing. The Rangers, the Blue Jays, the Angels. Like this is all of our competition that are going and getting guys that could have helped us. Like Randall, Randall Gritchick has an OPS over 800. He'd be, that'd be the highest on our team other than Judge. Like he would have helped a lot, man. Um, Jordan Hicks, the closer that went to the Blue Jays, like, you know, could really use another bullpen arm. We just sent Marinaccio down. These these are guys that these are guys that could have helped. And and I feel like we're in this we're in this loser middle ground territory where we really don't have anything to sell other than Glaber, maybe Loisaga, and Bader. we're not good enough to buy. Bader, we should trade Bader. Yeah, no, because I definitely don't want to. He's back to the 240 hitter. That he, I mean, he's a free agent anyway. Like if yeah. if he was gonna stay, he was gonna stay. Like there's no like he can come back. Like, great defender, but, like, there was some value there. And people are comparing this to 2016, saying, oh, we should sell like we did in 2016. That was – you had Judge waiting. You had Sanchez waiting. You had kids ready. And you also had these stud relievers like Chapman and Miller at the top of the reliever market with teams like the Cubs and the Indians that were desperate for relievers. Like, that was the perfect market to sell. Like, that's not how it is this time. Yeah, no, it's not – like, the, right now, what has to be done isn't – easily accomplished and it's not easily accomplished because we did in the off season. We lied to the fans. We told judge that we would go get more than him. When we got Rodon, we said we weren't done. And then we literally did nothing. Yeah. And still no, still no left fielder. We haven't had a left fielder in, I don't know, three, four years, save for those three weeks that we had Ben and before he, yeah, <laughs> he broke so his like, wrist. You know, I know Florial, I believe, is a free agent after this year. I think he's just on a one year like deal after we released him. Um, so like but still, like, let's let's see him. Let's call him up, start getting rid of guys, let's just move it along and see. Well, no, it, actually we still have Florial, I guess because we resigned him. He's not a free they agent. They hate so- Florial. They just they just hate Florial. I mean I hate everyone on the roster, so that's true. Like you might as well. The guy's having a monster season in AAA and playing left field. (laughs) But you know, how many games has Willie Calhoun been in the top four of the lineup? And now he's not even on the team anymore. A lot. That's the other weird thing. And your friend Neil brings this up all the time. It's like one day the guy's good enough to hit third. Or fourth, and then the next day he's not good enough to be on the road. Like they used to do that with Mike Ford. They bat yeah. him third and then sit him down. It, none of it, none of it makes any sense. And there, you talked about complacency. I would, I think it's almost like arrogance and lack of urgency. Like the the arrogance to sit Aaron Judge on Sunday night when you you are in a game where you can take a series and it's the tiebreaker game. You're six and six versus the Orioles. Could be a tiebreaker in play. You're trying to win a rubber game. You you know you have Sevy on the mound who's been, as he said, the worst pitcher in baseball. You can't DH judge. I mean, seriously, guys. And, and you rest DJ like what? the? the he manages like they're 10 games up in first place. It, it's it's blasphemy. He manages like the worst fans on Twitter who think like, well, if we could just sneak in and get hot at the right time, which like, again, that is hope and hope is not a strategy. But and we're four games back of a playoff spot. Like we, we we're not just gonna sneak in unless we win some fucking games soon. Like that that's what's crazy to me. And and again, the fact that it was a tiebreaker game because you know if we do 
Maybe we do get hot and maybe something happens and we finish tied with the Orioles. Guess what? Now we don't have the tiebreaker. So we're yeah. nine games out, which is basically 10 games out because we don't have the tiebreaker. And if we would have won last night, it would have been seven games out like that. You can make the argument last night. Sunday night was the biggest game of the season. And, well, I, and judge. Before that, it was Saturday. Yes. I, yes. Tweeted, I was like, this is a do or die just to have another do or die tomorrow. Like this was a game six to try to force a game seven. And we sat judge for game seven. I agree. And when you look back at the series, obviously like Seve coming out like a total fucking buffoon and giving the game away before it even turned to 715 is frustrating. But, but when I look back at the series, I'm going to remember just keep going. Yeah, I'm, what I'm going to remember is not getting Garrett Cole a single run on Friday night. You're, you know, you got judge back activated on Friday afternoon, right? Everybody's fired up. Everybody's excited. You got Cole going in Camden yards right? Packed house. And you can't get that man one run. He's got the best ERA in the American league. I believe now Cole, after that game on Friday, you can't get him a run. Like that's like Seve's just a fucking loser, right? He's, he's a loser, but, but to yep. not win that Cole game, that stung. Especially when it get like, I even, I stayed up for it and you know, it wasn't a bad pitch that, you know, the, the walk-off came on. It's a good pitch. But it should have never gotten to that pitch. That pitch should have never had to be thrown because we're also facing a starter who was like just in the minor leagues a couple of days ago for having just like six point nine one ERA. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Like it's very easy to see how we score five runs, you know, easy. Knock that guy out in two and two thirds. The, the lot of strikeouts like they're not really even putting the ball in play. I mean, I know they moved the wall back over there. We we did used to hit like if you go back to twenty eight. 2018, 2019, guys like Torres and Sanchez had a lot of kind of cheapo home runs and when it was a short left field in Camden Yards. And it's like now the fence has moved back and it feels like Judge is the only one that can really reach it. Judge and Stanton, it's really kind of neutered us. 18 strikeouts on Sunday night. They're just not putting the ball in play. And Boone says outside of the 18 strikeouts, we really grinded. We really made him work like these quotes, man. Like they just have to stop. Like, just stop, dude. You know, I I forget who said it, but like at what point like you've gotta you gotta defend your guys. But at what point is it like how do you even like live with the things that are coming out of your mouth? Right. Right. You know? It's like not to get like too political, but like there are people we've seen on the news for years being like the election was stolen, knowing full well and now like admitting like, no, I knew that it wasn't. And you wonder like how do you how do you do it every like it's got to wear thin on Boone like Boone's not having fun. No. And to me, like the comp that I like Boone kind of reminds me of like Joe Judge at the end with the Giants where like it wasn't really his fault. Like the, the players suck, but he kept talking like an idiot after every game. And then eventually the marriage just fired him because he was like embarrassing them with the shit he was saying. And I feel like Boone is getting really close to that point. Like you say, we, oh, we really made him work. The guy went seven innings, two runs with what do you have? 11, 12 strikeouts like. Just shut up. You didn't make him do anything. The guy dominated us. Yeah. No, absolutely dominated us. And part of it is because we put out a bullshit lineup. Like you put out a lineup that gets struck out 18 times. There's no like there's no surprise in that happening. I mean, I think everybody who pays attention at all got the push notification when that lineup came out. And was just like, we are fucked. The season is over because coming into it, like maybe if we had won the first two games, judge sits because he's like just coming off the injury but like we lost that game like the season's over have surgery like let's just have him have surgery exactly i would i would play him every day now and if you fall out of it that then you can punt it then you can get the surgery labor day weekend and then yeah. you can fuck around and, and punt but like to be you know they, they need every single game they are plus 240 to make the playoffs which means you you know if you placed a hundred dollar bet you would win $240. The Yankees made the playoffs. So anytime you are doubling your money back on a bet, the odds aren't good. So like they're not in a good position right now is, is what I'm trying to say. And it's not the time to be being conservative and resting. It's just not. No, it's. I get they're trying to they're You know, if you're worried, if judges current position. Physically is a if we play him three days in a row like that. We're, you know, we're worried about the rest of the contract. Well, then you should, he shouldn't be playing at all then. You know, like 
if he can't go, he can't go. There's no such thing as half pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. Yeah, I'm with you. And and even if it's like DH, then just DH him. And then they played him in the field Saturday, but they only played him for six innings. It, it feels like there's no there's no plan there. Yeah, like I thought, hey, if he's coming out of the game early, that's because we're going to play him tomorrow. Right, right, exactly. And if the thing is like, well, you know, he can't DH because we've got Stanton. Well, he's the better player. Then it's just you're making a decision. We've got one spot. We've got two former MVPs, but one of them still putting up MVP-like numbers. So that's the guy who plays because with his performance, you know, I know he's, you know, he's hit some home runs recently, but like, Overall season performance, we had no problem in the past benching A-Rod, pinch hitting for right, A-Rod. Right. Why is Stanton any different? He hasn't won anything in pinstripes. Nothing. He's hitting 202 with a 289 OBP, and and I don't know, what does he play the field, twice a week? Yeah, if that. He's a, he's a non-contributor, and it, to me, it really comes down to him and Rizzo. DJ gets a lot of blame, too, but like Stanton and Rizzo, you're supposed to be the power bats. Rizzo down to 244. He had the gold or the platinum. Sorry, not the golden sombrero, the platinum sombrero yeah. on Sunday night, which is five strikeouts. That, that's hard to do. He has 12 homers and a 329 OBP. Rizzo, Stanton, and DJ have, have really, really killed them. Like if two of them are just having average years, like we're probably in a playoff spot right now. We're definitely in a playoff spot right now because right? it changes yeah. like – when you have three guys that are supposed to be very good at baseball, like they're not supposed to be replacement level players. They were supposed to be exceptional MVP caliber, at least like with the contract we gave DJ and what we signed, uh, you know, what we were supposed to get from Stanton. Those are guys who should have, you know, at the end of every season, furthest column on their, um, you know, what the, what the hell's the website? Their uh, baseball reference page should have MVP and like, you know, a number between one and 25. Like they should be finishing up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- those three killing them. And again, you know, three more guys that we're, we're essentially stuck with. And a guy that's a rookie, but like, I really think it's time to get on him is, is Volpe. I mean, 209 with an OBP below 300 and average at best D. Like, I'm not going to call him a bust yet, but it's not early anymore. We're over two thirds of the way through the season and he's been bad. He's he's good at one thing running. He's fast. Everything else. He's been very fast. Yeah. No, I mean, he has he's gone in these like times where he'll be really bad. Then he'll play well for a week or two. You start to think he's, you know, figuring it out. I think part of, you know, playing as many games as he's playing, you know, he's out there every day is part of the development is learning how to make those adjustments in season outside of just like having a dinner with your friends and, you know, watching tape at your mom's house. Uh, at the same time, I mean, who's he supposed to learn this from? Like there is, to a certain extent, there is a, when you're that guy, who are the veteran players that are providing an example for him or able to even work with him? Like who's going to, who's going to be like, Hey, outside of Sean Casey, Everyone else, like as a team, as a unit, who's going to give him tips? A guy batting 230? Like, right. What the fuck uh, yeah. Is that guy? Judge you know? is the only guy. Example. Judge is the only guy. Judge hasn't been there. I I don't know. Again, I'm not in the clubhouse, but like I've mentioned it. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on here last week or was on ESPN the other day, but you know, with the Rodon thing, like we didn't hear anything about Judge talking to him. We haven't heard anything like, listen, Judge hits a lot of home runs. He runs in first from the outfield and he changes his gum. That's why he's the captain. I haven't seen any leadership, anything ever that says that, like, he's that guy. And I think it's more than just performance. It's mentoring. And I don't think with the, the weight that he has on his shoulders that there is like the ability to do that yet. And maybe he'll grow into that role, but Volpe there's, there's upside there. There is still upside. I don't believe he's a bust yet. I'm not saying he, he can't be a bust, but you know, when you're surrounded by dog shit, it's tough to be great when you are just surrounded by mediocrity at best. I agree completely. Uh, we don't see, obviously we're not in the clubhouse, but I, I do agree 
with your kind of inference there that I don't I probably agree with you that I don't think Judge is doing a lot on that side. Now, I do think the Yankees put Volpe in a really tough spot. You pass on a generational shortstop free agent class with a bunch of 27-year-old MVP studs that all of your fan base is clamoring for. And, and you're saying, no, we have Volpe. We have Volpe. And to be honest, like I didn't realize he's listed at 5'9". I would bet he's probably around 5'8". Like, He's kind of a little guy, man. Yeah, he like, is a little guy. He, he's he's little, and it, that kind of scares me. The guy I wanted, and you know, I have receipts. It's Corey Seager. He's a lefty. What do you know? World Series MVP. He's hitting 350 with a 413 OBP and has a 4.5 WAR. There's also Marcus Simeon. Like no matter who you wanted, a lot of those guys are you know doing okay. We passed on all of them, and now we just have Volpe. And like, I'm kind of worried that. He he reminds me of like me as a high school freshman. Like all he can do is run. Like he's not he's not doing anything else well. He's got 13 home runs. I know. Which is not what you need out of that spot. No. You know. Like I totally understand what you're saying. I think even you know let's say we got Corey Seager instead of Volpe. Now maybe we traded Volpe. And we probably don't trade him. We probably let him toil away at AAA and become a bust. Um, <laughs> now we've got a 300 something million dollar lineup, uh, you know, roster. Mm. And I don't know, maybe he does. Like, is, is that all that the rest of our guys who are making $30 million needed was just one more 30 million guy to light a fire under them? You know, it like. Odds are Corey Seager comes in and he fucking sucks and he's not hitting 350 because we're in organizational chaos. <laughs> That's a great quote. You should you should clip that. And I I do so like the whole the whole team melts right without Judge. IKF had a quote and I like IKF a lot more this year. He's grown on me. I know you're kind of a big IKF guy. He had the big bases clear. I still think he's as double. bad as everyone says. Yeah, no, I got you. But he had a quote and he was like, oh, it's just so much easier to. Take the field. I forget what the exact quote was when Judge is out there. Like, it changes our whole energy. And and while, like, that sounds cool after a win, there's a part of me that's like, guys, you're professionals, man. Like, you're a 30-year-old man. What, what do you need? Like, it's not like you guys are 12 or 13 in Little League and there's a stud kid that – like, you guys are supposed to be your own men, your own, your own entity, right? Like, you really need Judge to, like, feel secure in the batter's box and take the field with confidence. That screams mental weakness to me. Well, it also screams to me a captain who's not captaining. Like, <laughs> you know, I've seen Doug Minkiewicz we had yeah, uh, yeah. for like a cup of coffee. Yeah. And he said, I saw an interview with him. I think I talked about it on the show that, you know, you have this idea of what the Yankees are like when you're not there. But then you come in and like, you know, Derek Jeter, who's Derek Jeter, who's fucking Derek Jeter. It's just cracking jokes, you know, talking to you. There is no this other like right now. I, I think Judge is in a position where he whether he means to or not kind of plays into the like I am, you know, he's the best player in baseball, well, Otani. But like, you know, last year, he's the yeah. best player in baseball. He's been a top five player for years. will continue to be a top five player. But. Without that connection, and I don't care if, like, like here's the thing. Him and Stanton walked down with Drake, right? Where was the shot of them, the entire team, in a fucking suite watching it together? We've gotten that in other years. We've gotten that. A bunch of the guys out at Barclays, like, I've seen nothing of this team together. Like, nothing of them, like, spending time together, whether it's team building things, whether they're doing... I don't care if they're doing escape rooms, getting dinners, going to a concert together. No cohesion between these guys. You got 26 guys and, you know, with the shuttle, you got 31 guys who happen to wear the same clothes to work. Dude, you're on fire today. That is a great, great point. One of the best points, honestly, you, you've ever made. Do you know what that screams to me is like Judge and Stanton are like the popular kids that they're going to the Drake concerts and and whatever Rizzo or ICAF, they're not, you know, quote unquote, cool enough to come and hang out with Drake. Like that's what that screams to me. And if you remember when CC got here, he, they did a ton of that first spring training. I like, they went to a magic game or they went to the Tampa Bay lightning. They, they did all this shit together. And, and like that was in the world series DVD that I've watched 500 times. Like CC brought everybody together and that's what's his thing. And that's why everybody thinks CC's the fucking man. It's cause it's not, it's not a popular kid thing. Everybody's together. 
And what that screamed to me is like, oh, Judge and Stan are the popular kids that get to go and the other kids have to stay home. Yeah, it's the, the South Cali fucking tall, cool, handsome guys, you know. They walk. They are starters on the basketball team, the baseball team, the football team. You know, triple Letterman, and no one else is really there. And I know like Rizzo bought everyone like wine at the beginning of the year, like that mm-hmm. was a big thing. Whatever. Yeah. I haven't heard it from Judge, and maybe he's done it, but I haven't heard it. Like something's clearly missing with this yeah, team. Yeah. Beyond just the play on the field. No, that's and, that's really really. Really good point. I think was it A Rod that used to buy the suits, like when they would A-Rod, get up. Yeah, you yeah. came up. A Rod bought you like a handful of suits. And now I know that Judge did do that for Volpe this year. Okay. I don't know if he's done it for every guy who's come up at the beginning. Of, you know, since the beginning of the year, I don't know how many guys have had their you know first appearance or whatever it is. Um, yeah, but I do. A Rod did that, and I know Judge did do that for Volpe. So I'll give him his flowers there, whatever that means. <laughs> I mean, look, even a guy like Volpe's that's struggling, the kid's 22. I'm sure he would have loved to go to the love to go to the Drake concert or, or other, even like the fringe guys, like a like a Bowers or whoever. You know, yeah. but they're not they're not cool enough to go and judge and, and stands. And, and like, dude, Stanton, you're, again, you're hitting 202. You're not that cool this year. You're not the prom king anymore, buddy. No, I mean, I think we have a bunch of guys who are, you know, I tell you, we just have duplicates. When we had the three-headed monster at the back of the one, we had three of the same guy. We had Willie Calhoun, Jake Bowers, same guy. We have Stanton and Judge, same guy. We have 50 middle infielders, right? Now we have Oswaldo Cabrera and IKF in the outfield being the same guy (laughs) who's not supposed to be there. We've got two same guys playing at the same time who are supposed to both be playing in different positions. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's exactly right. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I got to say, I'm fucking tired of watching these like quad A outfielders and these infielders playing the outfield. Like, just give me some regular outfielders. Judge is kind of a DH now. Stanton's a DH now. Bader's hurt half the time. It seems like Bowers and McKinney and IKF and Cabrera in the outfield every day. Yeah. And I'm just sick of it. Yeah. You're always going to see you pretty much always going to see like two of those guys or, you know, You've got Judge. You know, when Judge is out there, you got to worry about every step he takes because it's a toe. Stanton, I mean, who the fuck knows what he has going on anymore? I, dude, he was – I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, Friday. He he was just mid, late on a 91-mile-an-hour middle-middle fastball. And I was like, is he just cooked at 33? Like, that? you know, you don't really see that from a, a star. And, and if he's just done – and if he's going to be a 215 hitter, he hit 211 last year, sitting 202 this year. If he's going to be a 210 guy with 30, with whatever, 20, 25 home runs, like that's awful for what we're paying him. So we pay him $32 million this year. <sighs> $32 million next year. $32 million the year after that. 2026, we pay $29 million, but $10 million of that is paid by the Marlins. Okay. 2027, he'll be 37 years old, $25 million, $10 million paid by the uh, Marlins. And then 2025, there's a $25 million team option that $10 million will be paid by the Marlins or a $10 million buyout. So we have to buy him out in 2028 is what you're saying. You have to give him $10 million to not play. To not him. play? Oh, like David Justice. Sucks. Damn. 
God, so, this is bad. <laughs> like, here's my question to you. Do you think Stanton finishes this contract on the Yankees? Uh, no, I think they'll do like what they did with Hicks. And I also, this is kind of a hot take. I also don't think DJ finishes. Oh, yeah, I was just saying, like, so, yeah, do you think it's a, a release or do you think we do a, you know, I've seen the idea thrown out there, do a Scherzer that we'll pay 65% of what's left on the contract just to get him the fuck out of here right now. Yeah, because it's a roster spot at the end of the day. I mean, they did do, the reason I do I think that he won't make it is because they did it with Hicks. They like, did it finally with, saw they them. did it with A-Rod. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, A-Rod got released. A-Rod got paid another full year. And they and called he him hit a 33 home runs the year before. Yeah, in 2015. No, you're right. That's a great it's a great point. And that's a guy that won a World Series for us, put poison in his body to help us win. Yeah. Actually accomplish something. And in, like, I forget. I don't have his stats in front of me. But, like, he was very much a part-time player in 2016 and had, like, 10 home runs. Like, he would have, if he had just seen more pitches – He's, he would have batted like 215, but hit 30 home runs. And like Stanton's not even doing that. Yeah. And also, this is total tangent, but it's like kind of fucked up. They didn't just let him hang around to get to 700. Like he, he retired with 696 yeah, like homers. Come on, man. He was I didn't like away. that. I, I feel like they, you know, they could have done that differently. I didn't like it when it happened. I don't like it now. But at the same time, hard decision because we had decided it's time to move on from this. We have this young crop of kids. Because like he took Judge took a Rod's roster spot, and you know we were ready to move on, and so we kind of have to be ready to move on like right now in terms of like trying to figure out like what we have out of like a, a semi rebuild, but there'll be another one that comes up in a couple of years, and like Stanton probably has to go then, or he ends up you know like an Ellsbury where it's like he's injured and. Who knows how, you know, collecting insurance money. Yeah. Like they did with Ellsbury. I remember that. And yeah. and remember, he is a full. The problem is Stan has a full no trade. I feel like the only place he would say yes to would be the Dodgers because he's from there and they're always good. I do think you could have a situation in like two or three years where the Dodgers are like, well, we can fix him. You know, like they just did with uh, J.D. Martinez, like similar yeah. similar thing. Or they try to take Cindergard. like they're like they think they can fix people. Maybe we pay half. But yeah, I definitely think, definitely think he's not going to finish. And just in terms of expectations, like neither me or you, neither of us thought we were going to win 105 games and roll to the World Series. But we both thought they'd win 90. Like we didn't think the season would be over on August 1st. Yeah, we didn't think they would be so lost. Like they are just so lost. Like even if it was, like, hey, they battle, they're hanging around third place right now, and then there's like there's no reason to tr- take on any salary. Because the guys who are here are dog shit. Yeah, and I don't really blame Hal for not wanting to go over that third tack. Like, if I was Hal, I'd be saying to Cashman, I gave you 290. This, this team sucks. I'm not giving you anymore. It's like the kid that keeps going back to his parents to ask for more money. Like, I've I've given you enough money, and you haven't done anything with it. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm so curious what those conversations are like. Like, Hal yeah. and Cashman. Because... This has to be, you know, like when we missed the playoffs in 08, we still had Jeter, you know, still had A-Rod. Um, you know, there was that free agent class that was coming. We were going to yes. have an opportunity. Um, in 16, we had, the, we had the farm system that, you know, he had built. He had, you know, and he was about to build more by making some big trades. And... But now there's like there is no optimistic outlook and it's not even like the most desirable job. Like, I think you really do need like a a Theo Epstein who would come in and be like, it's going to take three years, four years, whatever it's going to take. And we'll be there then. And I get it's frustrating because we're in judges prime and we're in Cole's prime. But. You know, I mean, Cole's doing his part. Yeah, he's probably going to win the Cy Young. That's going to be the only, like, cool he's thing. He's going to win the Cy Young for a last place team. Yeah, yeah. So Cashman speaks generally after every deadline um, annually. And I'm very curious. Like, let's say they, you know, they'll trade for some lower level minor league reliever. I'm sure they'll do, like, they always make, like, a mini move. Do you think he's going to say this team wasn't good enough to justify going all in? Or do you think he's going to say, oh, we, we still feel like 
we're going to, we're going to, you know, do really well with the guys we have coming back off the IL. Like I'm, I'm very curious of what his tone or his theme is going to be. I think he is going to say, you know, having judge come back and we've got, you know, Frankie's right around the corner. Nestor's <laughs> just had some great starts um, in his rehab assignment. We think we have what it takes to, to sneak into one of those last playoff spots. And then, you know, just with the talent you have, you, you know, look at the roster, you look at the names, you look at what these guys have done in their careers before that, you know, you get hot at the right time, you can be really dangerous. And, you know, we've got a lot of proven winners in that locker room. I mean, now, obviously, they no one in there has won a fucking thing. But, you know, these are the things that they say. Yeah, and I hate the like anytime Cashman or House speaks, they always point to injuries, right? They point to health and it's almost like a guaranteed safety net. You assemble a roster of injury prone players. Inevitably, some of them will get hurt and then you can point to that. But my issue is like the main issue hasn't been injuries to me. It's been the underperformance of the three guys we mentioned, Rizzo, Stanton, and DJ. Like, again, those guys are producing. We can survive two months without Judge. In 2019, Judge missed two months. They won 103 fucking games. 2018, he broke his wrist. He missed, I think, another two months, and they won 100 games. So it's not – the like the excuse can't just be, oh, Judge Judge missed two months, and the entire operation fell apart. Like no good company or organization or business – is reliant on one individual person. Like, and if, if you have built it, it's like a paper mache house. It's not going to stand up. I don't know if that made sense. I don't know shit about arts and crafts, but you know what I mean? I was just looking, I didn't know that, um, Starling Castro had a, he had a domestic violence suspension. I had forgotten that in 2021. Cause I was like, where the fuck is he? We traded him. <laughs> yeah. Cause he hit in 2021, he hit like 280, and then he's out of the league. He's playing oh, games. he's at. Oh, wow. Okay. He's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, random. Another random guy I looked up recently, Didi Gregorius. Is he out of the league? He's in the Mariners minor league system. He went and he joined like a Mexican league team this year. I forget the exact. He hit like 340. Um, he played like 26 games with 11 home runs and hit like 340, and the Mariners signed him. Hmm. But still in the minor leagues. Another guy that, hey, brought in because he was a lefty and he hit well at Yankee Stadium and nowhere else. Like, find more. And, like, me and you weren't the biggest DD guys. Like, I thought we had some fans that really overrated him and kind of romanticized him. But, I like, think he shouldn't have gotten a big contract. Like, if he yeah. could have stayed on, like, a mediocre contract as a mediocre player who had a couple big moments, like, that'd be fine. But he wanted, I, he wanted, like, a seven year, like, $20 million a year contract. And that was never going to happen. And he was clearly a big, juiced ball. Guy, and that is that feels like another thing. Like, I feel like we assembled this roster of guys like Voight and Geo and Didi. Like, they, they weren't actual power hitters, but they're more like juiced ball merchants. And now the ball's unjuiced, and Judge is really the only one one hitting bombs. DJ was another guy that really benefited from it in 19 and 20. And I feel like the rest of the league kind of figured it out, and we didn't. Do you agree with that? I mean, I think. Based on the study that happened like in the offseason and, and a lot of it was pointed at last year as far as I remember, but it probably blend to other years, is that on top of the juice balls, like more juice balls were used in Yankee games than any other team because right. we're in the national spotlight. Like Judge saw so many juice balls last year, that's how he had sixty two home runs. Yeah, the the Goldilocks balls. No, it definitely it definitely helped. I'm trying to see it it's just like the fact that they won ninety nine games last year. I know Judge masked a lot of their problems, but it was basically the same team. Like it's, that's what's startling to me is like they they might end up going from a nine. I mean, they, they could finish 80 and 82. I mean, that's like a 20 game drop off. It's just startling. And like, it's startling, but again, like it's not shocking because we brought back the same team of injury prone guys who are on the decline, but we just brought them back for more money. (laughs) Like we just were paying them more when like every sign, and again, like maybe, maybe Judge, you know, Judge doesn't kick the wall in fucking Dodger State, or maybe he does earlier because he's a giant, you know, and they play each other more often, or whatever it is. But again, that's forty million dollars tied up in one guy. It's just so much money that I don't think that was the best contract. I think that's going to be an issue for a long time. Like that's my guy because he's in the pinstripes, but. It also gave like the way that all went down of like the chase for the record, 
and by record, I mean the seventh most home runs in a single season by a person, that illustrious record. And then, like, you know, you, you've got that. Then you've, you've got the opening day will-he-won't-he he contract situation. Um, then the offseason of, like, people make, you know, flying around the world to like meet with him and last minute deals. And he's going to be a giant. He's arson judge and all this shit that like the media, the team, the league raised this guy to a level where uh, he's not part of the team. It's Aaron judge and the Yankees. Yeah. Look at every marketing like, and you know, it was a thing like Derek Jeter was like Derek Jeter and the Yankees to a certain extent. But everybody in that clubhouse knew that, like, he's not hitting 60 home runs. You know, Derek Jeter's going to go out. He's going to play in, in intense baseball every day. But he wasn't the only guy. If you get him in a spot, if you keep the game, you know, close and you put him in the spot, he's going to find the big hit. But that big hit is a double that scores the runner from second or a single that scores the runner from second. Where else can Judge hit a five-run home run every time he gets up to the plate? Yeah, I think it goes back to the whole larger-than-life thing and his size and how he, he like makes the engine go. And there's there's a difference between like a player that makes a team go and just a like a player like you said that that's bigger than the team. And w- when you said that Aaron Judge and the Yankees, what stuck out to me were like Jeter and Moe's retirement tours because that really felt like the Yankees were a traveling circus everywhere they yep. went. Jeter and Moe were getting gifts, and and that really did feel unbalanced. But these are guys that won five fucking championships for us and were incredible, and like they they had earned it. Judge to me last year just felt like after he hit what he hit. 111 against Houston with no RBIs in the LCS. To me, it felt like he had taken them as far as he was going to take them. Like that, we, we, he was never going to be better. And again, they go with the, what they, whatever they, 350, 60, 70 million for nine years. Obviously, not going to be a big, a good contract for us, but that's kind of over and done with. Yeah. And um, also, to a certain uh, extent, they're like, the player, there's so many questions around him. And like his teammates are just like constantly blowing him. And like what he means to the team, like it's just like we're talking about what he means to the team and how it can like, you know, him being in the lineup, the shit I have saying we heard Rizzo talk about all offseason. Oh, our dogs have to be together and stuff that nobody's talking about the fact that you guys are 25th in the league in batting average. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's how things get to slip by. Like, you know, aside from the strikeouts, you know, we really battled out there. (laughs) No, it's true. And like for me watching. Watching the Phillies last year, who were a basically a mediocre team all year, they got to the World Series because every time Bryce Harper came up in a big spot, he had a two-run homer or a three-run homer, like actually put the team on his back. And I'm thinking, like, damn, like, like watching them, like, Judge has never really done this for us in a big in a big playoff series. And like, that's how you win a World Series is you get to the playoffs and your stars dominate. Whether that's an Altuve, a Freddie Freeman for the Braves, like Mookie for the Dodgers, wh- whoever it is. And Judge hasn't hasn't done that for us. Very no. frustrating. And like, it's not all on Judge because he's not the reason these guys fucking look lost at the plate. I think you know as we're blaming. Listen, the players stink. I don't think Judge has been a great leader. Um, I don't think Brian Cash. I don't think um, Aaron Boone has made like a single good decision in game. He's a motivator of men, maybe, um, because he has willed them to win totals that they shouldn't uh, have been able to achieve. But in-game stinks. And Brian Cashman has gotten us a manager who makes terrible in-game decisions with players who can't deliver in the clutch. And he was hired by the fucking owner's son who is making terrible decisions, doesn't want to have the tough conversations wants to throw money at the problem by saying like, well, I give you this money, but not worrying about how it's spent, how it's divided. Or, you know, you gave, you gave kids a hundred dollars and said, all right, go grocery shopping. And now we're surprised that all we have is gummy worms. to eat. <laughs> exactly. This is why I don't go grocery shopping in my house. Cause Jamie knows I'm going to come back with lucky charms and yeah. donuts. <laughs> yeah. And so, so the problem is at the top. And I and at the same time, attendance is through the fucking roof. 
I know, but I hate the people that are like, oh, it's your fault for going to the games and enabling it. Like, no, like, man, I love I love going to games and I'm not going to not going to stop like people, you know, people wait all winter and whatever spring to get to go to Yankee Stadium. And it's it's family tradition. It's it's, it's a part of our lifestyle. So I, I don't knock. I'm never going to knock fans. I'm not saying people shouldn't yeah. go. Yeah, I'm just saying, like. What matters the most to Hal Steinbrenner, how much money they make, how do they make money? People come to the games. People come to the games because of decades, like decades and a century of tradition and family traditions. And I don't we're not going to break that cycle. And that's what's for another frustrating thing, because people should go to games. They should enjoy it. They should go to games, especially when we're eliminated on fucking August 7th and go to games and bring your kids. Hopefully it'll be cheaper. They'll have promotions and things like that. But, you know, there is like, I don't know how to trigger change in this organization because I've, I've been saying for years, organizational chaos. And that's exactly what it is. You're right. And I will say on the ticket front. So they sold and I, I kind of read about this when judge was on his chase to 62 and the Yankees were on fire last summer, they sold a lot of, you know, 2023 16 game plans, you know, Sunday plans, Friday night plans during that time when everybody was really fired up about judge. I remember I was going to, I have a nine game plan. I was going to upgrade cause I was all fired up. And now this is the time of the year when the ticket reps start calling, you know, Hey, what do you want to do next year? Do you want to upgrade? I can get you here. We can guarantee you playoff tickets without the playoff tickets as a carrot. It's a lot harder to sell ticket package, you know, 20, 25 game ticket packages to people like me and you. So like, they're going to call you soon because you, mm-hmm. you have a nine game package, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's it like nine Fridays? It's nine like random uh, weekdays. Oh, okay. I thought, yeah, oh, yeah. So, so the Fridays that you're going, you're buying separate tickets. From your yeah. Package. Yeah. Yeah. You never use your package for the most part. I've used one more. Mainly I donate them to yeah underprivileged kids, which that makes it hard for me to like, Oh, am I going to drop this? Cause it's like my philanthropy for the year. But anyway, you can keep yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you, and you do that primarily for the opportunity to buy tickets for the playoffs. Yes. You can get a game in every round. Like Basically, early, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So when they call now, like, I mean, what do you, what do you say? Because to a certain extent, I think that you don't have to make a decision now. You can wait till late April and buy a nine game package and get that. There's definitely a part of me that wants to like, not, you know, cancel it for next year and just do some other charity thing, you know, that I could find and just donate couple of hundred dollars to somebody else like yeah because just out of just out of principle and like is hal steinberg gonna see whatever i whatever my 350 dollars pa- probably not but you know what it's yeah it, i'm definitely more likely to and if they are good next next june i can get right back on and i guarantee that the i can get right back on it again yeah so. I, and i'm asking not because i think he's going to notice your 350 dollars but you are one of the more dedicated people who are making these commitments in advance. And so people who care less about being there and having that ability, you know, as it gets to a postseason, are going to, um, you know, yeah, like there is much easier for them to put that money somewhere else. Yeah. And most, I mean, to be honest, like I think everybody knows this for most, I would say for 75% of the, the home games at Yankee stadium, you can generally get a better price by waiting on StubHub instead of buying in advance from the Yankees. The whole point of buying these packages is for the playoff access. Like nobody, nobody's really doing it just for those regular season games. Because again, if you really just want to go on a, on a Wednesday night, you can sit in the 200 level for 25 bucks. If you wait till the day or, or whatever it is, or get it yeah. for 10 bucks. So yeah, there's really not as big of a benefit to it. Um, yeah, no, I do wonder when it gets to like the playoffs, which I don't believe this team will be participating in, but even if they do, it will be on the road for a three game wildcard series to start. Like I didn't go, I used to go 2019. I went to every home game for the playoffs. Yeah. I didn't miss a single one. I missed one. Yeah. We went to 2022. I was like, there's no way I'm going to the ALDS. Like I've already been there. And this is something I remember that happened to the Braves in the 90s. Um, they made the playoffs every year, never weren't winning the World Series. And so they're like first round when they introduced like the wild card round. No one's there because it's like, you know, I'll spend the money to come later. Tickets were a lot cheaper then um, still. But like, yeah, I'll just I'll focus on, you know, 
uh, get to the World Series and then I'll come and I'll give you my money. And I wonder if we are getting close to a time where fans just know like, hey, this, you know, like you guys start scheduling the Yankees for like the Tuesday fucking four o'clock first pitch game. Yeah, and if, if they do get to the – right, like you said, it's going to be on the road, three games, and whatever, Minnesota or, or Cleveland. They And, you know, they might not get that playoff home revenue, which is another thing that, like, even though last year ended poorly, how got – would they play five playoff home games last year? So we did get that revenue. I do think if they miss the playoffs, I don't think there will be, like, massive wholesale changes, but I think it will at least force Cashman to answer some, like, uncomfortable – Questions and how? Because you remember, Hal hasn't spoken since that WFAN or ESPN spot where he said, "I don't understand why the fans are upset." I'd love to hear him jump on an interview today. Well, I mean, I think part of it is like, yeah, if he gets on WFAN, you go on the Michael K show, maybe you're gonna get some tougher questions. General media availability. I have no faith in Brian Hoke is having a third child, dude. He's got a he's busy writing a book right now, probably. <laughs> <laughs> his book on the 2023 wildcard race. No, the one, the new beat writer, Chris uh, Kersher, he, yeah. he shreds them. He's like the only guy that calls them out. I, yeah. I love that guy. He's annoying some people, which is good, you yeah. know? But yeah. again, like I just use like, you know, certain reporters become, you know, is Mike uh, Feinstead, whatever his name is for a <laughs> while. Like when you think of reporters, you think there was a guy, so Wallace Matthews. Oh yeah. 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 ESPN. Like, these are the people you think of and like Brian hoax that guy and he's kind of doing a circus act of like, hey, something happened 20 minutes ago. I threw this book together on it and I get it. You got to make a living, but doing book signings and fucking double A games and not asking any tough questions while a manager, a general manager and an owner fucking spit in your eye. Yeah, no, it is funny. And like, again, he's the established guy, whereas it's like this this new guy, Chris, he's got nothing to lose. He's probably like the low man on the beat on the totem pole. And so he'll ask the tough questions. But yeah, Hoke just seems like the kind of guy that wants to be the nice guy and may, needs to maintain his, his book access. Not going to be much to write about this year, though. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> feel bad for that third kid. All, all that being said, and this is going to sound crazy, I do think that Johnny Brito beats the race tonight because this is what I'm going to call a second screen night. Like the Yankees are going on the little screen tonight. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. anytime I do that and kind of start to give up, they generally win. So I, for no logic at all, I do think the Yankees win Monday night. Well, here's the thing. They lost last night. They got fucking embarrassed. They have embarrassed themselves a lot lately, but they fucking win the first two games of the series. I'm right back in. <laughs> like I'm right back in. I cannot quit. It's a problem. It's an addiction. If it was anything else, like if you think about it, if you described your feelings, your emotions, the up and down of your relationship with this to like your parents when you were dating Jamie, they would just be like, I don't get away from this woman. She is fucking bad for you. She is fucking awful for you. And it's the same thing I say all the time. Sports fan, it's fucking insane. It's insanity. It's insanity because it is a one way love. It is a one way love that every couple of years, maybe you get off one time. No, <laughs> So accurate and and it's ten times more pronounced in baseball. Like you were saying, oh, I'm a diehard football fan. Cool. You spend three hours on a Sunday. It, it, there's no commitment there. Like we're doing this every night. Like it is psychotic. Yeah, yeah. There's something mentally wrong with us. Like I am so angry all the time that I love this sport. Like I wish I didn't like when people are like, Yeah, baseball's slow and stupid, I'm just like, fucking preach, man. I wish. I wish I could quit. Like that's you're telling me that. While you're explaining to me that cigarettes cause cancer and I'm smoking a Marlboro 100, like, right? Like, I know, I know. Yeah, no, and it ruined, like, again, like, you know, you're out. It, it ruins my night in social settings. It's very, very frustrating. But again, do think they, they win tonight. It's going to be a tough week. Um, we've been saying this, like, oh, this is the make or break week. But I feel like if they go one and six, this well, this week, has always over. been the make or break week. <laughs> yeah. This one coming up. We just didn't think they would play themselves into so many other make or break weeks leading up to it. Like we have been talking about the first week of August. Yeah. Since the last week of April. Like this has been big on the radar of like you just got to like tread water. Like, you know, 
hold yourself up until Judge gets back and he gets back before the end of August. And we got fucking uh, this week. It's a big week. He'll be back. But then we didn't do the thing that we had to do to make this like even matter more. Um, now you said it. I got I got I want to get your opinion on something. So okay. I was at went to pick. Oh, I pickles had to be running there like the air conditioning is like hardly working game again on Saturday. Uh, I at one point was like adjusting the air conditioning in the really place. Yeah. Like I found where like the thermostat is. So it was too hot to be outside. So you try to go inside, went inside, went upstairs. They're like the air conditioner is working there. I'm like, I'm putting my hand up in front of a vent. Like, no, it's not. Then went into like this kind of back area where yeah. I was adjusting it. And then I just like kept an eye out. Some people got up and we got a table right in front of a vent. Like it became tolerable, but it was packed out there. So yesterday, beautiful day on Sunday. I did not go to the game, but here's the situation that happened. It's packed at Pickles. You've got a lot of Yankee fans. And as you've talked about, the Orioles fans. And I did wear a jersey because I fucking nutted up. And I was like, I will fight someone. Fuck if yeah. I need to. Yeah. Um, so people are out there. There are some Yankee fans there vaping. Right. Okay. They're, they're out. They're outside vaping. Yeah. That's allowed, right? Yes. I smoked a cigar at Pickles. Okay. All right. Yeah. You can smoke cigarettes yeah. outside. Yeah. Okay. There are Orioles fans next to them who go, hey, can you stop vaping? We have a baby here. And the Yankees fans go, you brought a baby to a bar and I'm in the place where the bar says I can do this. You've come to the place where this is what happens and you chose to bring a baby. Huge brawl breaks out. I'm trying to get the security footage. I heard it's I heard it's a wild one. All right. So if I was the cigar smoker, the vapor something, I would have I would have probably moved just to you know avoid the confrontation. But I I would probably side morally with the vapor. Like I'm a big like I'm not bringing my baby to Yankee Stadium. Like I, I you got to know what you sign up for. Like, you yeah, if you bring your kid there, like I, you bring your kid to an outdoor event where there's probably smoking and drinking like nobody is. It's not like we went to a winery because we wanted to have a glass of wine and get some food like you are at Degenerate Central. If you're like, I don't know, what's the most degenerate thing going on in a 25 mile radius? That's where I'm going to bring my baby. You're going to run some degenerate shit. I'm glad you brought this up. I hate when parents or really anybody tries to control the environment. It's like when you when I first take my kid to Yankee Stadium, I'm going to explain. Look, some people are going to curse here. You're going to hear some yelling like I'm not going to tell the other 50,000 people you can't curse. You can't do this if you're you. You have to know what you're signing up for. So I I am with the vapors on this. Yeah, I'm with the vapors on it, <laughs> you know, and I hate that I'm with the vapors. But you know, the vapors, I, the Yankee fans and then the Oriole yeah, fans. Yankee, the, yeah, that, that makes sense. That may, and well, dude, this like, like, how do you how do you solve that problem by getting in a fight in front of your kid? Fucking people right. in Baltimore are trash. Dude, and like their whole thing, like coming out of like hearing ESPN, like, oh, baseball's back in this great city. Like they are a loser franchise, man. I'm tired of hearing about the Orioles. Like there's some cuddly cute team that we're supposed to like. They brought in an Astros guy to run their operation. They fucking tanked for what, a decade? We, we've been to more games the past 10 years than most Orioles fans at that place. And now it's like they all want to puff their chests out and talk about how it's a great baseball city. It's like I hate everybody in the division. Like I don't have a soft spot for the Orioles. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do. Uh, I do love going to Baltimore and drinking that. We had a good time. Good, good. And you saw the I'm happy. I'm, I am happy that you went to the one win. I was happy about that. Yeah. I, like if I had I will tell you because, you know, start having drinks at like one o'clock. So and that game, the Saturday game was going slow. Yeah, I I called the IKF double. I go, he's going to hit a base clearing double and I'm going home. Like, I'm leaving. I'm going to go. I don't need to stand out here in center field. He's going to do a bases clearing double. I'm going to go smoke. I'm going to get some junk food. I'll watch nice. the rest of the game from the hotel. And that's exactly what I did. Nailed it. As soon as he hit it, I was gone. I told everyone, like, he's going to do this. I'm gone. Before the play was over, I was down. That's cool. And, yeah, that, that probably made you look pretty cool, too. Yeah, because fucking that's my shortstop. All right. Yeah, so you left in the sixth inning or whatever that was. Seventh yeah. Inning. Yeah, I was just like, I mean, this game's over. I've been out all day. I've done my, you know, I've done my time. Got your fix in, man. Got my fix in. Saw some friends. Had a nice time. Missed the baby brawl. Damn, yeah. That'll be another time. (laughs) Well, I think that's all we got. If you listen to this entire thing, good for you. Thank you for sticking with us. I guess thank you for sticking with the Yankees. Like, 
it's depressing. It's sad times. It's sad, sad fucking times to be a Yankee fan. And the saddest part is the performance. It's just like the lack of hope for a future. Like no one with a brain sees a logical thing where it's like, oh, these guys are just getting bigger, older, and slower. Maybe it'll get different. You follow Nick on Twitter at NKirbyNYY. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. And um, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll go to the Orioles parade if they trade for Verlander. That's a rumor right now. We'll see you at the parade. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.